Hello and welcome back to the Geeky Guys podcast. We're back with Tea Break. I'm here with uh, Mr. P. Hello. Hello. And uh, we, we apologise for the uh, the lateness of our new episode. Uh, Mr. P decided to take him off um, to a rock festival um, last week. Um, so he was uh, out of... Uh, out of the vicinity of a microphone and uh, headset for uh, for a few days, so uh, yeah, it was a little bit late on that one. Yeah, we we, we did think about me sitting there with my phone, but uh, you know, with Iron yeah. Maiden playing in the background, but that probably not uh, a good good thing for a podcast, yeah. and uh, perhaps some copyright issues there as well. <laughs> yeah, maybe <laughs> as you're yeah. broadcasting live from uh, download festival <laughs> on the uh, podcast, we'd get letters. We'd get letters. Yeah. Um, yeah it might have drowned us out you might have just heard iron maiden instead of us which quite yeah, frankly some, some people would probably say is, is a good probably thing, prefer but, uh, yeah, yeah, true <sighs> and uh, also we also uh, need to add in another apology as well uh, we did say on the billing that we was going to be talking about the world of the witcher and Geralt of rivia and all that fantastical stuff on this episode. Um, but we both literally just watched the final episode of the Obi-Wan Kenobi series on mm. Disney+. Plus. And it was awesome! And, and it was good. It was very epic. And so we thought, well, we should flow along with the tide of the force and, uh, and kind of jump in now while uh, people are talking about it and it's fresh in everybody's people's minds and indeed in our minds. Mm, absolutely. Um... Yeah, it was good. We'll come to that in a minute. Um, yeah. Obviously, I did down. I've been to download. Um, yes. Which which was awesome, and I did just want to take a second because I know we talk about stuff we've done. Yeah. In, in the meantime, uh, it was very weird for me, and I've said this to you, Dave, uh, when I came back because my musical tastes is is as a general rule very much not the sort of stuff you'd find at download. Yeah. Um, but it was one of those where. You know what? Try anything once. Um, yeah. Love camping, love festivals. So let's go and try it out. And to be fair, I, I, do, I do like some of the rock music that's played. It's just that some of it I don't, yeah. I should say. Yeah, so, the, some of it's a bit too heavy and a bit over yeah. the top, isn't it? That's but, a bit... But, um, oh. <laughs> but overall, I really enjoyed it, actually. It was very good. Yeah, and you had some unreasonably decent weather for the camping a few days before the main music started as well, didn't you? Which was yeah, helped. there was one day with a little drizzle. That was it. There was nothing else. It was really warm. Well, for the most of part, uh, the rest of it. Yeah. Uh, had we have gone the fo- had they have hosted it the following week, it would have been a scorcher because when all the hot weather yeah. happened. Oh god, here, yeah, it would have been in, it? in the UK. We got a lot of hot weather. So. I remember. Uh, I remember being at work on a, a long day, and suddenly it came up on uh, Mr. P's Snapchat that he was at download having. A, uh, a nice long snooze in between sets. <laughs> yes. You see, that's nice. the that sort of cool things there. that you get on my Snapchat, Dave. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Yeah, P's gone for a snooze. Uh, yeah. It's all exciting, yeah. let me tell you. <laughs> it's all very exciting. Indeed. Yeah, you went to a rock festival and uh, did a bit of camping. Mm. was exposed to a bit of music you wouldn't normally expose yourselves to, but like you say, it's all experience and life building yeah. and giving things a go, isn't it? Which is mm, uh, always should be promoted. Um, yeah, and we finally got our, um, as we mentioned this on the previous podcast, I think, and we also mentioned we finally got our money sorted with uh, Showmasters and obviously getting all the Destination Star Trek stuff sorted so we could go to LFCC, which is the replacement yeah. DST this year. 
Yeah, it was it was only very recently that they cancelled Destination Star Trek yeah. this year. So if you've not been following that that thread uh, that 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 thread online, because we talked yeah. in, in the when we talked to Garrett um, Garrett Wong a couple of well last month, we were talking about DST and the fact yeah. that we were thinking of going this year just for the day maybe or whatever. Since mm. then, it got cancelled. So um, yeah, he was very quiet on uh, that. I remember like me and you were kind of waiting for him to say something about DST when he was going out on on a, when he was talking about his appearances for this year and he didn't mention it. We thought, hmm. mm. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> plus it's gone quiet generally. Yeah. It was quiet anyway. I mean, yeah. they were stretching themselves too thin, let's be honest. We know that as, as fans. We've said this yeah. before. The quality they, was suffering, wasn't it? Yeah. And um, yeah. And so a lot of the guests have moved across to, to London Film and Comic Con, effectively known as LFCC, uh, yeah. which we've been to before and we enjoyed that con. It was really nice. Mm. The building itself, the Olympia, yeah. like you just said, at Kensington, uh, is... is is really nice. It's well suited uh, for it, isn't it? It's better, slightly better. I mean, the Excel suited for it if they use the space properly, um, but if they don't, not quite so much. Whereas I think the the Olympia is all one venue, isn't it? And they hire yeah. the whole lot. It was built um, as a really as, as a convention uh, center, building uh, yeah. way back in the day, in, in the old uh, in sort of was it Victorian times or, or even no yeah it's not you know something and don't we're going to get letters about that because I'm, I'm yeah, half making probably. it up but it was it was it very, old very building. old building where they used to do yeah. conventions. In fact, the the motor show here in the UK used to be held there every year for years until yes. they moved it up to the NEC at Birmingham. Yeah, I, I vaguely remember that. I think they did, didn't they? Um, but yeah, it's um, a lovely yeah. lovely little venue for for cons. Uh, so, yeah, I say it's not. That little really but no it's still a big <laughs> place isn't it so we're going to go there and like you say a few of the star trek guests have moved over so we're hopefully going to finally meet tim russ and uh, ethan phillips to kind mm. of finish up our voyager uh cast um we've only got uh, i think roxanne dawson and um robert beltran to finally finish it but we've got to obviously wait for them to do another uk convention at some point haven't we yeah yeah or save some money and go to america yeah, Hello, welcome to you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so that'll be, uh, we're going on the Saturday. So if anyone yes, sees us knocking Saturday about the day. or looks for us or wants to say hi, we'll be there on the Saturday all day walking around. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we ought to say with um, with DST as well, they haven't completely cancelled. There is still a destination Star Trek Europe this year, but it's going to be in Dortmund in Germany. Yeah, um, so if anybody Germany does one. want to get a flight over to Germany and still do DST this year, they you can um mm. it's just literally just the london one has uh, has been cancelled for this year yeah yeah that's right so yeah so we've, we've got our tickets sorted for that i've been to a festival uh apart from that it's just been business as usual i think dave really isn't it? yeah so... yeah there's not been i don't think anything really too exciting to report i mean in terms of the uh the geeky world obviously with you know obi one which we're talking about now has been really good this year um but in terms of uh, other things, really, I mean, I know this the the new series of uh, Umbrella Academy, which is about out now, I think, which has been highly anticipated. So that should be good. Um, we've had obviously the new Ghostbusters uh, came out this year as well, which was which has been which was really good. And obviously, our next Marvel uh, cinema trip will probably be uh, Thor: Love and Love and Thunder. I'd imagine. Mm, yeah. 
Yeah, that's the next one. Uh, I still miss Doctor Strange too, actually. Which I yeah, to it's out now on Disney Plus. So uh, Disney Plus, you can. Uh, you've not all seen the streamers it yet, are available. It is, uh, <laughs> well, not really. Not, not really. <laughs> um, it's uh, not 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 legal. No, actually, not really. Not really. No. <laughs> um, so it is out on Disney Plus, or very imminently out on Disney Plus. I saw yeah. something the other day to say it's coming out. So um, yeah. that's out. We're obviously, and we did. Uh, Top Gun, you're about to Top nice, uh, Yeah, I was just going to go back to that. We did have a nice trip to uh, Cinemail to watch Top Gun 2 on the uh, IMAX, didn't we? That was absolutely epic. That was amazing. I mean, I know it's broken lots of box office records already, but it's um, it, it certainly hit the spot. It, it did exactly what it set out to do, didn't it? It, um, it was like... yeah. You know, it's a follow-up. It's this amount of years later, but the way it was filmed, the the way that the story was was laid out and presented was nice. Yeah. I felt that there was a little bit more. What's the word? Direction in terms of the the narrative this time. Yeah, yeah. Last time, was, yeah. It, I, the, the original Top Gun film is a classic, and I'm not taking anything away from it. But I felt this one had a little bit more direction to the structure of the story, a little bit. Yeah, it was a little definitely. Bit more, yeah. Definitely. But, uh, yeah, moving on to uh, Obi-Wan then. Uh, I mean, I know that when it was originally talked about uh, back in early 2020, I think it was, um, 2019 maybe originally, they were looking at doing it as a a movie. Mm. Um, And then we had the whole problem of where the kind of um, solo Star Wars story kind of fell over a bit and didn't do quite as well as people were hoping. Um, didn't quite garner the reaction of the fans. It was supposed to be a whole new set of sort stories set amongst that group of like the Skywalker group of Han and Leia and Luke and Darth Vader and Obi-Wan Kenobi. And it was, it was all going to be sort of in one thing and they were going to have spin-off movies. But then we had, oh, like we say, the, the oh, solo. Just going back Star to Solo a second, because that came out. And I think one of the criticisms was it was very predictable. And yeah. I remember coming away from it thinking, well, it I think got to be a little bit predictable yeah. because most of the plot points in that film, everybody knows he's going to be in it anyway. You know he's yeah. going to make Chewie. You know they're going to do the Kessel Run. You know he's going to get the Falcon. You know All these things are set. Yeah. So, yes, it's a little predictable, but you can't really just start making rubbish no. up because <laughs> it's got to be no, predictable. Definitely. Yeah, because people will tear it apart if you do that anyway if you put loads of filler in there and try and make out that things have happened that don't really make sense in as part of the canon but to be um, fair, the film the film yeah. thing i you know they were going to look at that and, and i know they sort of paused because of solo not quite performing like they wanted yeah. to even though it did make money i, I um, still enjoyed the film actually yeah. i don't think it's a bad film i think it's just not quite met expectations i suppose is the uh two word it, it didn't quite do that well then um, a little sorry dave go on yeah, didn't quite meet expectations, but then we did have um, the Mandalorian. I was just about uh, to say. Then we yeah. had a little show called the Mandalorian, Mandalorian came out and changed which, all that. Which kind of, it was a big game changer, wasn't it? And yeah. they started using the new filming style with stagecraft in the volume at uh, ABS Media Campus in Los Angeles um, with a big three sixty screen, so they didn't have to worry so much about blue and green screen. Uh, effects quite so much and the actors apparently preferred it and enjoyed working in it a lot more because they were surrounded by the scene they were playing in rather than having to look at just coloured boards and tennis balls and this that the other um 
So I think that kind of helped it as well. I think the, the, the fact that it was kind of still very familiar where it was, it was set literally just after like Return of the Jedi. Um, so there was kind of that feeling of familiarity in there as well with what would be going on and stuff that, that uh, connects to the main cast uh, that's going off in the world. And yeah, and then like we say, that was a smash that did really well. Everybody loved it. And um, bringing season three out um, towards the end of this year, I think. Uh, and then they kind of did it again with uh, the book of Boba Fett. Um, I would say maybe not quite as popular, but still very good, still got high ratings. Um, and I think this has kind of led into Kenobi. Yeah, Boba Fett, one of the, one of the big things about Boba Fett is or not so much what they did all the stuff they didn't do mm. you've got this character who is this badass that's meant to you know uh, that, that half that, that spent half the time just walking around saying you know what no i'm not actually going to do anything um and it was like yeah. what what mm. um and let's be honest if we're gonna this might you know really pee off a lot of people but i think a lot of the hardcore fans would agree with me um only got good again once the mandalorian came back in it it was better yeah. when Mando was in it than it was just when it was Boba Fett. And it's like, yeah, that, you know, that really should tell you something. So we'll see what they're going to do going forward. Cause we've got the new Ahsoka series do it to come out. Yeah, that's true. Um, uh, which would be good. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's, um, I don't think it quite did the character justice. I think no. that's kind of what, what we're uh, alluding to there. And I, I don't think it quite did. Now, maybe they could do another series and they could improve on that, maybe. Um, but I think probably what they'll do is they'll just learn the lessons as they go through. And obviously, they're making lots of Star Wars series that are either in production, being completed, starting production at the moment. We've got The Bad Batch. Um, we've got um, some sort of spin-off from The Clone Wars that I've heard about, apparently, an animated show. They've got Andor. They've got Ahsoka which uh, you've just yeah. said, um, which is great. And obviously for Star Wars fans and geeks and stuff, it, it's, it's brilliant. You've got loads of content coming in on the way. Um, you just hope that they don't have the, this kind of franchise fatigue come in where people where there's kind of too much of it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think at the moment, they kind up. of, at the moment, they're, they're, they're all right. They're, I don't think they're yeah. doing too much. Um, and we've got a similar sort of thing at the minute with Star Trek, haven't we? I know we're talking yeah. Star Wars now, but even in Star Trek at the minute, we've got this new era of shows that have come out. Yeah. And I don't. I think because some of them are quite different to each other, and that's the same mm. with Star Wars, it, it's the Star Wars stuff, the Mandalorian, the Boba Fett, the, so they're all set within the same time period, of course, uh, whereas yeah. Kenobi is not. Um, no. And I think that helped this series because it was just, it really brought the films back into the spotlight in a positive way. Um, yeah. More so for the prequel series, which I, I do think gets a lot of flack sometimes. But yeah, this, uh, I mean, so let's, let's just say Kenobi is set 10 years after the events in um, Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith. Uh, which is episode three. Yeah. Um, and up to that point on screen live action, we've only ever seen uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan in episode one, two, 
three. Obviously, yeah. the Clone Wars came in between that. So there's a whole animated series of Clone Wars that came where the characters, at least, have been working together for a long, long time. So these characters yeah. are very intertwined, you know, as master and apprentice. They're, they're, they're very, um, you know, well, as close a bond as you can probably get. Yeah. So when we pick this series up, obviously, 10 years later, it's still quite fresh and quite raw, all the events that happened in yeah. episode three. Um, and we did just ought to point out at this point, we are going to come out with spoilers. We can't just talk about Kenobi after we've just watched the six episodes and not come out no. with spoilers. So if you've not watched it, pause now, go watch it, and then come back and listen again. Um, yeah, that's the uh, that's the uh, the best piece of advice given there. Just uh, pause us, go off, watch it, come back. Yep, uh, we'll still be here. <clears throat> we will certainly still be here. But yeah, so it's quite raw. So yeah. you've got. Um, at the end of episode three in the film, obviously he uh, there's the fight, isn't there? And, yeah. and uh, Kenobi wins, essentially. Um, yeah. and, and Anakin's left for dead. In fact, he thinks he's died. Yeah, I mean, at the um, start of this series, he, he actually reiterates that that as far as he's concerned, um, where he left Anakin, he was left there and he died, and he, he knows nothing about him being. Picked reborn. up by the Emperor's yeah. goons and and re repaired and put in the back to tank and which has been made famous by Boba Fett now. So if we haven't heard of back to tanks before, you have been watching that with him going in it so much. So Vader's kind of been healed to Anakin's been healed as much as he can be, and he's then been transformed into Darth Vader with mm. obviously the. Uh, Emperor uh, Palpatine uh, whispering in his ear all the time. Which which we see in episode three, uh, towards yeah. the end, we see him made into Vader. Um, and obviously, um, the Anakin in, in um, episode three has uh, children. Uh, Padme, yeah. in fact, gives birth to his children, boy and a girl. Of course, we now know to be, well, Luke Skywalker, of course, uh, and Princess Leia. Yeah. Um. But in order to protect uh, their identities from from the emperor, they they are taken and hidden. Um, and Kenobi, uh, Obi Wan Kenobi's, uh, it takes Leia to the Organas, and she obviously uh, is being brought up there. And Luke Skywalker's took to Tatooine, which we know yeah. because we know this from A New Hope. Um, so this series is set 10 years after when he's just kind of keeping an eye on Luke from a distance because yeah. the idea is in this series, we find out the idea is that his plan is to watch over him until he's old enough and then train him in the ways and of the force. Him. Yeah. Um, which his sort of um, foster parent, if you like. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh God, his name's gone out of my head. Um, Uncle Owen. Thank you. Uncle Owen. It uh, doesn't Owen want Lars. him trained. Um, no. He wants him to make be able to make his own way, um, but it's nice because we see we see Ben Kenobi sort of trying to just stay out of the public eye. Uh, Jedi's are being yeah. hunted at this point still uh, by the yeah. Empire. They've got a, a, a group of um, Jedi hunters, the ex Jedi that have turned to the dark side, uh, yeah. that now try and hunt hunt their own and, and wipe them all out because obviously. The Emperor and yeah. Vader doesn't want them. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we're, we're 10 years after. So I think at the end of Revenge of the Sith is pretty much when 
um, Palpatine orders for Order 66 to be activated um, mm. and for Jedi's to be taken out. And it was quite interesting as a, a precursor to watching this series. I think I mentioned to you before that um, I played the um, Jedi Fallen Order video game. Yes. And that's kind of set around the time just after Order 66 has been activated. And so Jedi's are on the run in hiding. Um, the Inquisitors are out hunting them down. Mm. Um, and there's a, there's a lot of that story. Obviously, the main Jedi in that story is a guy called Cal Kestis. Um, and his master basically is on a the show a cutscene where he's on a, a spaceship um, and he's a younger boy and he's with his master. Um, and they've kind of got this kind of uneasy alliance with like some of these um, empire troopers and generals. And it, it kind of shows that like originally they all get on well and they're all kind of working together. And then once Order 66 is activated, straight away they all just turn on each other. Hmm. And like, that's it. So like everybody that they could trust straight away is now their enemy. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and they've got to get away. And as all great, masters do he sacrifices himself so his uh, apprentice can survive mm. um, and he gets off the ship and then you play through calcestis's story but it's against the backdrop of order 66 and right okay having to keep ahead of the the empire and you know still yeah. try and do some good in the world as well so it, it was it was quite good to kind of watch this kenobi series and have that kind of backstory to it as yeah. well as the three prequels um yeah, Kenobi just trying to stay out of the way. In fact, another Jedi that uh, comes to Tatooine uh, tries to find him and seeks him out, and he tells him the best thing you can do is go into the desert, bury a lightsaber, and just disappear. Yeah, that's um, uh, Nari, isn't it? Who, yeah. where you know, asks for his help and basically wants him to stand up for the you know the remaining Jedi, and you know he knows that because of Luke, because of Leia, because of people discovering that he's there. He, he, has he to can't really get involved. No. You know, he's, that's the whole thing. He's not getting involved in anything. He's literally just living in a cave, going to work, slicing up meat at a meat factory, taking some bits home just for him to eat so he can survive. And he's just absolutely not getting involved, getting involved in anything with the Empire, the Resistance, or the Jedi, or anything. He's complete. He's completely like in the wilderness, isn't he, and away from it all. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and that's kind of how the story starts. Yeah, basically. Um, and then something happens which forces him to take action, which is that Leia gets kidnapped. Now, yeah, Leia gets kidnapped by one of the Inquisitors who um, is trying to push It's kind out of a criminal Ruby. gang, isn't it, that takes her originally, um, led by uh, they're working. They're working, they're working for, for the Inquis them. Inquisitors. Yeah, they're, they're uh, basically going to get some... some uh, Nice uh, amounts of uh, gold uh, lace latinum, aren't they, for uh, doing their job? So Vader obviously knows Obi-Wan is still alive and is trying to find him yeah, because uh, he wants revenge, whereas uh, Obi-Wan doesn't know that Anakin's alive. Um, no. And so the Inquisitors are, are obviously, well, one of them particularly um, is after uh, finding him uh and she's the one that organises the 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 kidnapping to, to flush out Kenobi. Yeah, because it's kind of kind of like he, he, you know his good nature will be his undoing. It's that sort of thing, isn't it? Where to create something where somebody's got to go out and help and save the day. You know, they they kind of say it's a 
the old thing of it's like an itch that they've just got to scratch with the Jedi and the order and protecting people and protecting life. Um, So that kind of gets him out of hiding. And obviously this uh, Inquisitor that you're referring to, obviously the third sister, uh, Reva Savander, she's kind of quite close to Vader in the fact that she's shown a lot of ambition, isn't she? And she wants to be... um, the Inquisitor General, and she and she thinks by serving Kenobi to Vader that basically she'll climb up the ranks and be at the top at Vader's side. Yes. Uh, we later learn it's for slightly different reasons than what we thought why she yes. wants to get there, but but that's basically where that comes from, isn't it? Well, we I mean, well, let's explore those reasons just very briefly then. We, we talked about the fact this is 10 years after Revenge of the Sith, which is the third yeah. uh, uh, prequel. Uh, film and in that prequel film Anakin goes completely to the dark side and ends up going to the Padwan temple Jedi temple and killing all the younglings yeah um and and just completely massacring them all and that's his big final put you know he's gone evil we now learn that one survived and it's her that actually survived we also learn later in the series that he knows who she is and allowed her any to live anyway because he thinks he can use her to draw yeah, out exactly. Kenobi for his own means. Yeah, um, which let's be honest, kind of works because she kidnaps Leia, and what happens? He comes straight out to go and help. Yeah, yeah. In fact, he goes yeah. into every single trap they set. He goes into yeah. it. Yeah, so it kind of works for for Vader. That does, doesn't it? But I think that since the episode of the uh, Mandalorian where. They talk about that Grogu would have spent some time at the Jedi Temple. And there's kind of always been that feeling of, did he somehow get away before Anakin came in and slayed the rest of the younglings? Or did he hide? Or did he was he um, spared? And there was always that thing of, did any of them get any way? Did any of them survive? Uh, and in, in this, you see that um, obviously Reva Savander did, did survive by playing dead. Um, so then that kind of gives you the the option in there that maybe somebody else like Grogu could have somehow got away as well. Yeah. Yeah, could have done. Um, uh, but so... I think the, the other thing in this series, which is quite interesting as well, is you, and I've seen this in a lot of the, a lot of the critics who have talked about this, where it's probably the one sort of bit of live action where we've kind of seen kind of Vader's, fall into darkness haven't we and kind of seen how much he's lost it and although there are flashbacks of his former life there he's basically dragged himself away separated himself from all that and he's now just Darth Vader and under Palpatine isn't he Uh, and then there is there is quite a nice comment where he's like um you didn't fail me Obi-Wan you you didn't uh, kill Anakin I killed him yeah, and it's kind of that thing of where he couldn't bear to be that person anymore. His wife had died; he'd lost his children; he'd slayed all the younglings. Well, he didn't know about let the children, everybody down. Uh, well, the they say that, but that, that's another thing that I'll come to. There's always this thing where people say he didn't know about the children, but then somehow they all the children always seem to kind of survive, don't they? And whenever there's a bit of bother, you know, there's he kind of if he did go out his way, he could capture him, he could imprison him, he could kill him, whatever, but he never does. Mm. And I think that there is a thing in there somewhere where he does know about the children. Uh, it's like the thing when he says to Luke, when he says, 
I'm your father, look inside yourself, you'll see that it's true. I think that he doesn't know about the children from a long way back, but he just doesn't allow himself to think about it because it puts them in danger. Because that was part of how he dropped into the dark side originally. The fact that he felt that he got this burden of becoming a father, becoming a Jedi, the whole thing of not supposed to having any attachment um, to anybody, any dependencies. He knew that he's in this vision that his wife was going to die. He couldn't see any way through being a Jedi he could save her. And that's kind of when Palpatine got onto him at this point when he was uh, very weak and very vulnerable and mm. kind of manipulated him a bit and then, you know, fully pulled him over to, to his side uh, and onto the dark side of things. So I think there's already been in that in there, but I think even in this series, there's still kind of chinks of, he does know about certain things and doesn't go out of his way to put certain people in danger. Okay. Well, the, let, let's go back to Darth and, well, I mean, just that bit you said there about I killed Anakin. Um, yeah. At that point, it is that that point that Obi-Wan Kenobi then says, uh, let's Anakin go because he's like, there's yeah. no, that's it. You, there's no saving you. I can't save you. And then yeah. instead of calling, he stops calling him Anakin then and just say, just, okay, right, goodbye, Darth, bye, Darth <laughs> and, and walks yeah. off. And what, what I love about this is all the way through, as you build up this series, any interaction that Vader has with Kenobi, yeah, you always get this impression that Vader's really powerful and Kenobi's yeah. very weak is an old man. It's 10 years later. It's took its toll on him. Yeah. But right. as the series develops and he uses the force more, you realize that actually Kenobi is more powerful than Vader. Yeah. And it shows it at the end. He's just like, no, that's it. I'm, 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 I can't hold back anymore. And yeah, he, he basically defeats Vader again and he could kill him in the end. He could have just yeah. took him out straight away. Do you imagine how much easier that would have been for everybody? But, well, um, yeah. Um, <clears throat> But they, but they never kind of finish each other off, do they? They always kind of let each other just about survive, don't they? They, they do. Uh, but then obviously at uh, the, the, the end of Kenobi, you have Qui-Gon Jinn as a force ghost appeared, basically yeah. saying to Kenobi, come on, it's took you long enough to get here. We've got training to do. And essentially he's teaching him how to become a force ghost. I, that's part of it. We know that. Because yeah. obviously in, in A New Hope, ben, uh, Obi-Wan uh, as Alec Guinness, basically yeah. realizes it's the end and it needs to die to turn into a force ghost and, and yeah. stops fighting Vader and lets Vader take him out. Yeah. Because he becomes a force ghost and it becomes more, he, he actually says the line. Drag me down. Yes. And I'll become I'll more become powerful. More powerful than you can ever imagine. imagine. Um, so we know that he's training for that. Yeah. Um, and I, I just on a side note, I love the fact Liam Neeson came back and did that. That was, yeah. that was brilliant. Apparently he was very much up for coming into it when it was going to be a movie, but he wasn't quite so convinced when it was going to be TV. So I think his kind of role in his time in the production was reduced a little bit because he he said that he'd only do more if it was, it was a bit like a proper big movie. Hmm. So, but obviously he still wanted to come back into it, so we did that a little bit. Well, let's hope that the, <clears throat> the reception of the of the, the series and, and the reactions from, from the fan and everyone globally change his mind yeah. to come back and do some more if they do some <clears throat> more, which yeah. at this point, I know that uh, obviously Hayden Christensen and, and um, Ewan McGregor, Ewan McGregor. Both, they, 
very much up for coming back. And I think the fans would be very much up for everyone coming back to do it. So hopefully yeah. they'll decide, yep, yeah, you know what, this was so successful, we're going to do a series two. Because yeah. they have left it at a point, and you said this to me after yeah, you've watched all of it, and I just got the last one to watch. Uh, you said they'd left it, and I agree with you, where you could just say, no, that's enough now, and it runs into a new hope, or you could do more. <laughs> you could do a little bit more, yeah. Um, yeah, so and that's whether... the uh, the good way, good way that they've left it, isn't it, which is really good. Um, I did quite like that uh, on episode uh, two on the planet Dayu, where they had the, uh, the con man, Harja, was uh, pretending yeah. to be a Jedi. Um which was quite funny, kind of in two ways, because they're like the most hunted um, sort of thing in the galaxy. And he's going, hey, I'm a Jedi, look what I can do. But even um, if they came after him, they'd realise he wasn't a Jedi. So, that, uh, yeah. I mean, he does come face to face with them and they just kind of leave him alone, just chuck him to the yeah. side. He's nothing to them because he's, you know, he's just a con man. But yeah. I, I do like that and it is quite but funny. But he is kind of a con man that turns good, isn't he? Yeah. But, uh, he has that he interaction. kind of looks after Leia a little bit. He has it? that interaction with Kenobi and, and sort of gets, uh, what's the word? Influenced, I suppose, uh, yeah. a little bit into being a bit nicer. Um, yeah. And he uh, he helps them uh, get onto the, um, it's like that, that's a delivery um, ship. Yeah, like the cargo it? ship. Yeah, he helps cargo, them get on there to get crazy, away. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, comes yeah, back in and does quite a bit more later on as well, which is quite nice. Um, yeah, so. I think I liked the pacing of this and I did like the fact it's only six episodes despite the fact we're like oh no we want more because we all wanted more I yeah. think I think with this particular bit of story I liked the fact it was six it meant that every yeah. episode had plenty of action the story moved along yes there were some slightly slower bits but they were they were story driven and you needed them so I I thought six was a nice pace yeah um, and just going back to the uh, video video game uh, Jedi Jedi Fallen Order, I and mean, it's just because I forgot to mention, but there's um, the episode with um, Tala in Kenobi where she puts on her old uh, Empire uniform mm-hmm. and empirical attire um, yeah. to get them into the fortress, um, and she manages to open a hatch. Uh, which is accessed underwater to get Obi-Wan into the fortress yes. um, where Leia's been held. And that's direct from the video game. That's how Kel Kestis gets in as well. Right. And later on, where he uses the force to... Um, there Obviously, there's some cracks in the windows. The water's going to be coming through. Yeah, and he it holds, holds the water in place. And floods it. Um, but to catch all the stormtroopers and they just managed to nip out the automatic door and it, it locks um, like drowning all the stormtroopers and everything and that's directly from the game as well right okay. um, so there was a, a, few, a couple of yeah. bits there that uh, they brought into the series yeah. which part, is, part uh, four in fact part part four. but um, yeah let's just let's just pause on Kenobi for a second because we talk about this all night it's one of those topics yeah. isn't it um because as always with our podcasts, we have features. And, we do. Um, we do. And one of our features, the first one that we normally do at the beginning, but kind of jump straight into Kenobi because we're really excited about it. Um, one of our features is called Geeky Guys Favourites, which is where we ask each other what our favourite of a particular thing is. Um, yeah. I thought my question to you, this this uh, this podcast is quite a nice one. Yours to me is a right bugger of a question. <laughs> we're going to come to yeah. that in a minute. Yeah. Um, 
so I asked you, Dave, uh, or at least I sent it to you earlier so you could have a look at it. But your question uh, today, your Geeky Guy's favorite question is, uh, from any kind of TV or film, um, what is your favorite ghost? Right. Uh, mine is, uh, as quite frequent, is going to be a three-part answer. Of course. Um, so number one, I'm going to say uh, Slimer from Ghostbusters. Okay. Number two, I'm going to say uh, Marty Hopkirk from uh, Randall Hopkirk Deceased. Which series? The original series or the remake with uh, Reeves and Mortimer? Oh, no, the original. The original. The original okay. series, yeah. yeah. That's fine. Uh, with Kenneth one Cope, is, uh, his name was. Yes, that was played, one. Uh, played yeah. yeah, yeah, that one. And uh, Beetlejuice. <sighs> Beetlejuice, of course. Okay. Oh, who played uh, Jeff Randall in the original Marty and Hopkirk uh, of Randall and Hopkirk deceased? I know it was Kenneth Cope that played uh, Marty, Marty the ghost, but oh, who played Jeff Randall? Oh, that's going to really annoy me. You're going to look it up in a minute, are you? Don't tell <laughs> yeah. me. I'll see if I can work it out by the end of the podcast, see if I can remember it. If not, I'll let you tell okay. me at the end. Um, yeah. Because <laughs> I, I love the old classic series. In fact, the bit where... Um, Randall and Hopkirk, uh, the, the officers are for the, the external set yeah. for the office uh, for their thing. That's uh, the back lot of Elstree Studio uh, uh, right, in Warrenwood. Yeah. But that's not there anymore. It's now Tesco Car Park. So there you go. Uh, the history that's been. They, so, they sold off some of the back lot and to make a big Tesco. And uh, that's now a Tesco uh, Car right. Park. So I think we actually started re-watching a, a few of the original series, didn't we, a while back? Yeah, yeah, a lot. I think we only got years for about now. six, five, six episodes, mate. Yeah. We, need to, we need to carry on with that at some point. No, I like it. That's a good answer. Um, uh, and my question for you on the uh, Geeky Guys favourites was mm. uh, what is your favourite film or top three films, if you couldn't think of one, if you wanted to say more than one, you should say that were made in the 1980s? Uh, and this is where you get that right bugger of a question because there's so many good ones. What are you going to pick? Um, and I still, honestly, I, I really don't know what to say. There's so many to pick from. Um, I mean, we you mentioned Slimer. Uh, Three good ones. <laughs> you got Ghostbusters that came out in the yeah, 80s. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I think I'm going to have to put Ghostbusters up there near the top. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to say what at what particular order, but certainly in the top three or five top films yeah. of the 80s, you've got to have Ghostbusters in yeah, there. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, oh, there's so many. I, I, I'm gonna, I'm going to cheat a little bit here. Uh, right. I'm going to say Superman two because that is. Right. One of, I'm a big Superman fan, and it was like that epic yeah, sort of sequel that came out where it's like, oh no, there's three villains, and it was like, how's Superman going to survive? Superman's going to die. Superman's going to die. <laughs> hey, and then push, push <laughs> you, and then Union Jack comes out. Oh, <laughs> <My God>. <laughs> <laughs> um, Alan Partridge aside. Yeah, uh, so, yeah, I'm going to chuck Superman 2 in there. Uh, yeah. Technically, that was 1980, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, oh, I, I don't know. There's loads. I, I think I'm going to have to go back to the future as well. I think I'm going to have to stick that in there. Um and I think I'm gonna have to say that they're they're three of my favourite films. Yeah. From 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 the eighties, uh, and there's loads more you could pick. Absolutely loads. There's tons of them. Um, but I think 
Yeah, I think I'm going to go with those three. But yeah, that's well, there we go. Just a slight uh, diversion there. And I know I know you asked me earlier when I did say to you, that's going to be your question to have a think about the answer. And you did say, yeah. could I use force ghost? Um, yeah. And I was like, yeah, go on. I'll let you have force ghost. Just as a silly side thing, because we are talking Kenobi, who's your, who would your favourite Force ghost be? Uh, to, if you're talking like current Ooh. day now, as in yeah. after everything that's already come out has come out, who mm. would you want coming back as your Force ghost to help you? Because you've got basically all of them. You could have pretty much anyone, couldn't you? But Yeah. Um, tough one. I'd, I'd, I'd probably say either Yoda or Obi-Wan, I think. And if you pick Obi-Wan, are you going for this sort of younger, uh, slightly younger Ewan McGregor or the slightly older Alec Guinness? Um, I think for the gravitas, you'd have to have uh, <laughs> Alec Guinness, wouldn't you? But um, yeah, it, it kind of, I mean, that's the, the great thing with Ewan McGregor. He's such a perfect casting, isn't he, for Obi-Wan? I think so, yeah. Um, we'll, let, we'll come to that. Uh, I mean, I I would I probably would pick Qui Gon to be fair. Qui Gon Journey. Yeah. If he's good enough to train Obi Wan, then that's the one you want, isn't it? Really. Um, well, yeah, that's true. I suppose. But anyway, let's uh, let's get back to it. Yeah, um, I did kind of like when the um, Obi Wan he kind of thinks that kind of the Jedi are, are all dead and um, you know that he's one of the last few remaining and then they discover the um the path on Jabin um where they've been basically um hiding Jedi and getting them off world into different places to safety and ahead of the empire uh, and he's kind of looking on, on the wall he's like oh Quinlan Voss has been here and I think Qui-Gon had got a thing on there from at some point and things there's uh it's quite nice that kind of on there he sees that there is actually somebody standing up for the Jedi and, you know, some of them are getting away. Well, we don't know at this point in the Star Wars, in Star Wars, exactly how many survived. Because no. let's look at Ahsoka, for example. We know Ahsoka turned away from the Jedi. So technically she's not a Jedi because she turned away from it, but yeah, technically still is a Jedi at the same time. <clears throat> and, um, yeah. and she's still, <clears throat> excuse me, out there and running around. So <clears throat> there's no reason why you couldn't bring that character back. Uh, plus, yeah. I mean, like you say, all those symbols on the wall, how many others have actually survived? You know, um, we, we, you, you could do something with more Jedi in and, and yeah. bring those in and another series or part of another Obi-Wan series where maybe there's a group of Jedi that are in trouble and he has to go and help them. That would be a nice one. Uh, yeah. Especially because we know he's how powerful he is now from this series. I mean, the last fight with Vader where he really, you, you, his mastery of the force is just immense. Yeah. Perhaps so much so that it's better than Vader. Although he only kind of wins Vader because he does use, when he, in, in, during the lightsaber battle, he damages Vader's suit and, yeah. and, and, and stuff. And we do get that lovely cracked helmet, half off, half Vader, half Anakin talking, which is quite yeah. nice. I loved that. Yeah, effect. that was a great thing to, to see, wasn't it? Because it's suddenly like humanizes it all over again doesn't it mm. yeah because the first time they battle i say battle is very short it basically knocks obi-wan around like a rag doll uh, yeah i think time... one of the criticisms that uh, i heard actually was that um it's a bit sort of easy how obi-wan gets away from the first battle when he kind of throws him onto the burning ground and then Tala comes with the droid and they blow a, a, 
a fuel canister up and the flames get higher and kind of knocked Vader and the stormtroopers back a little bit and Obi-Wan's able to get away. Um, there's kind of that thing of like, why would he not just continue using these force powers and I, he could still do whatever. I kind of, the way I, I, I took that was that he is in this suit and it is a little bit more difficult to walk around in as you would, that, that, that you normally would. Yeah. It is keeping him alive. So he's not going to risk fire damage. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's the whole thing with Yoda, wasn't it? You know, Yoda mm. prances around uh, fighting Christopher Lee uh, like like some kind of, you know, really energetic person. Then goes back to using a stick again, and obviously that's yeah. that's explained by the fact he's he's having to use force power to do that. Yeah, but it's give and take. You can't just use it all the time. No, so oh, you then true. have to go back to to being you know. Like that's how I suppose with Vader, maybe it's the same. If he starts to, the more you use, the weaker you get. So, yeah, probably. Uh, yeah, I get, I get it. It did seem a little easy, but mm. yeah, you probably could read more into it and kind of, you know, see there's some sort of reasoning behind that. You could weakly justify it, I think. That's yeah, the thing. Well. I think that's the case. And um, I think what we ought to uh, we ought to talk about as, as well with this is obviously the uh, the casting. Mm. Um, the show has been really good. Obviously, we knew the main two, Hayden Christensen, Ewan McGregor, uh, were going to come back, and we knew they were going to be good. Uh, I mean, that was just a, a given, wasn't it, really? Yeah. Um, and they were, but I think supporting cast was, was very good. Uh, I mean, Owen uh, Moses uh, Ingram as the uh, third sister, Reva Savanda. I thought she was quite a good villain. Um, a little bit different, kind of went into the whole... Um, the sisters, um, a lot of sisters thing from the games and from the comics. That was that was quite good to see and hunt, hunting down the Jedi's and the whole thing with the ambition to get to the point she needed to get to to face Vader. Um, but then we we uh, had the uh, returning uh, cast as well. So we had like Joel Edgerton who came back as uh, Uncle Owen, uh, and uh, also we had uh, Jimmy Smith's as uh, General Bail Organa, um, who'd been uh, in previous Star Wars. Um, mm. Bonnie Piesi uh, as uh, Aunt Beru. Um, she'd been in it before as well. Um, and also Simone Kessel, um, who played Brea Organa. She played her before. Whether the Kessel name is something to do with the Kessel run, that's quite a nice coincidence, isn't uh, it? Even though I that's don't the think it is, name. actually. Uh, but it's, it's and nice uh, James Earl Jones, he just keeps going, doesn't he? He does, is his voice. And it's, um, I thought they'd polished the voice off a little bit better for this. When you yeah. To, what was he in previously? Uh, what, like in Rogue One and stuff, the voice, I just thought the voice was a little bit more cracked when he did mm. a bit older this one they seem yeah. to have maybe used the voice synthesizer just to just to smooth it out i thought on this out a little maybe bit. it was just me and, yeah. and let's let's give give props as well um leia ogana uh vivian uh, lyra blair lyra blair yeah uh, i mean who, that was a spot on casting wasn't oh, it she's amazing as a little layer running around and you can see yeah. where I mean, whether it was built by design or whether they worked with her on this, but the cast, the, the actual character is really there. All those undertones that are going to come out later yeah. as this fighter went, when, when, uh, you know, Carrie takes the position later on. Yeah. And the relationship with droids. Oh, yeah. That as well. Um, 
but then equally, I thought Grant Feely as a young Luke Skywalker was was really believable and on point as well. Yeah, we, we didn't see a lot from him. And maybe if we no. did a second series, we'd see a bit more with Luke because, you know, it's it was only ever meant to be from a distance to look after him. And he finally gets to meet him, uh, uh, which is, which is where you get your hello there. Uh, I know you, you, you're going to give us a bit of trivia about that. I know you mentioned something earlier to me when I was talking to you. So that's, uh, I don't know what that is yet. I'm quite, uh, see what that is. Yeah. um, Maybe more Luke later if we do a second series. Uh, Yeah. Um, And, and obviously like we alluded to earlier, you've got the point as, as well of where, uh, Leia's been left with the Organas brought up in the lap, lap of uh, luxury, um, you know, as a princess, which, you know, she would be anyway with uh, Amidala, um, you know, from uh, Naboo. Um, she was Queen of Naboo, so she, she already had that bit of royalty going on anyway. Yeah. Uh, but obviously, the Organas have taken her in. And then, slightly unfairly on Luke, he's kind of been dumped on a desert planet to work on moisture evaporators, hasn't he? <laughs> So yeah, uh, yeah. he's not hidden that well because he's still got his uh, his normal like, original surname as well, hasn't he? So it's not yeah. that well hidden. So yeah. I never, never quite understood that why they changed the name of one and not the other. And Anthony Daniels, bizarre. of course, is a three CPO in just a very small uh, bit. Uh, yeah. In there, it's not really you blink and you miss it moment, but he's there. Yeah. Which again, we love Anthony Daniels. He's been in every live action Star Wars going. I think I don't think there's been one he's not been in. I'm yeah. Right in saying that, uh, the only one that's been in all of them. Um, yeah. Sure. And obviously, o- O'Shea is... Jackson Jr. as the as Roken, who's leading the resistance and um, kind of like leading the the path. Um, administration isn't it to look after the jedi and look after normal people um so you kind of see the beginnings of the resistance there as well don't you yeah absolutely. um they, they all give really good performances and um yeah you know i mean just talking there about the fact anthony daniels i think we, we, we're saying is the only person that's been in all live action uh, as trivia it might be useful to now go on to our next feature which is called uh, geeky guys did you know Yes. Which is where we come out with just a couple of pieces of trivia each about the topic we're talking about. Um, that kind of is one, I suppose. But uh, yeah. I, I am interested to know about your trivia about uh, uh, Kenobi's uh, hello there. So do you want to kick us off? Uh, yeah, I'll uh, I'll uh, go through uh, that. Let me just... Uh, uh, right, yeah. So apparently in uh, June 2020, mm. um, when they just started talking to people and putting the series together, uh, Ewan McGregor said that he'd actually like the series to be called. Hello there. <laughs> uh, I like Which it. Which was uh, obviously jumped on and buried in the sand pretty quickly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's quite amusing that uh, they was like, why don't we just call it Hello There? Well, uh, I, I, don't, I don't think that would potentially have worked, uh, if, I'm, if I'm honest. Mm. Uh, but you know, who knows? Um, there was uh, my what my first bit of uh trivia here was that um, there was a little bit of uh production trouble, so the filming of the series was supposed to start in 2019, which yeah. is before starting. The entire pre production was scrapped, and a new writer was hired to rewrite the series. Um, and it was about finding the right tone, uh, yeah. Um, and I think. 
well, obviously it's a fantastic series. So I think that, you know, was probably the right thing to do, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I know you talked about um, the the old uh, the video wall that they use in Mandalorian. Yeah, the and old so volume. Uh, they they used this again on this one, uh, and and they did say that it's a lot nicer than just standing in front of a blue screen, so you can't react to anything. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, there are, there is actually um, a few other um, productions which have uh, have actually started using that now away from. Uh, Star Wars. Apparently, some of the um, apparently some of uh, Thor: Love and Thunder um, has been filmed on the volume. Apparently, ah, that's interesting. Which is uh, interesting. So they're basically like hiring it out to other studios and things to to use now. Um, so that's uh, that's quite nice that they're uh, that they're doing that. Ah, okay. Oh, it was also used on um, the Batman as well, apparently. Oh. Recent uh, Matt Reeves, the Batman, some of it was filmed on the volume as well. Oh, I did not know that. I've got him. Got him with what he didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know they'd used it for the Batman. That's, no, that's, uh, yeah, didn't know that at all. Um, uh, another good one for you. In part four in this Kenobi series, there are several callbacks to A New Hope. First, Kenobi uses the same radio device that Luke and C-3PO utilised while rescuing Leia. Second, Kenobi uses the same force distraction on the stormtroopers in a hallway behind a pillar as he does when deactivating the tractor beam on the Death Star in A New Hope. Yeah. Uh, Mm. We mentioned Quinlan Voss um, earlier. Um, He was uh, first mentioned as a survivor of Order 66 in issue seven of Marvel's Darth Vader comics book series, uh, written by Charles Saul in, uh, from 2017. Mm, okay. And um, <clears throat> it uh, they, they did use uh, a few of the uh, standard Star Wars tricks in order to make Darth Vader appear tall, like David Prowess yeah. was, because he was like really tall. Mm. Because Hayden Christensen uh, is actually you know, although he does quite a lot of the suit performances, he's actually six inches shorter. So yeah. you see that characters actually tend to keep their distance from him a little bit in wide shots. And when they're yeah. close-ups, you see a lot of upward angles to make him look a bit more intimidating because uh, yeah. he's actually a bit uh, shorter. And um, it's quite a funny coincidence as well. Vivian Lyra Blair, who plays the young Leia, she got her big break, the starring role in We Can Be Heroes. Um, the leading role, a lead of the heroes, was played by a Mandalorian himself, Pedro Pedro Pascal. Ah. Oh, there you go then. Well, wow. um, yeah. ah, and this is just going this going back to the video game. This just confirms what I was saying. Then, uh, Nor the planet that has the fortress Inquisitorius is in the Mustafa system. It was first seen in Je- the video game Jedi Fallen Order. Cal Kestis actually fought Darth Vader in this fortress and escaped with his life. Ah, which you've done, haven't you? So mm, I've completed that game, so I know a little bit about all of that. Yeah. Well, and apparently, Ewan McGregor knew about the series being done four years before they started did. production. Yeah, on it. he said it was so horrible. He had to so he had to lie for four, four years. years. I say, well, if they come calling, I'll be interested. <laughs> Yeah, must be horrible. Did um, you hear, uh, before we finish uh, tr- um, the trivia, did you hear about uh, John Williams? 
Yeah, he technically retired from scoring, but he decided to go. He, when they did this series, he said, no, I want to score this. He wants so, to score the Obi-Wan theme. Yeah. Uh, so he came back Kathleen to score Kennedy this. at Lucasfilm, didn't he? Yeah. So uh, that was quite did, nice. Uh, the main theme as well. So, so yeah. And uh, just this last one I've just seen, just seen for the first time, which is quite good. Um, the girl who gives Obi-Wan spice in episode two of the new series. And it's says, his daughter, isn't it? Says, I was somebody's daughter once. Yes, I was somebody's daughter once too. It is with Ewan McGregor's daughter. It's Ewan McGregor's daughter. daughter. Yeah, I, I did yeah. know that one. Um, it wasn't on my sheet to, to say to you, but yeah, yes, that's a good one as well. It's uh, nice. Anyway, so that's the Did You Know? Um, that's the Did You Know? And what we did know is that it's a bloody lovely series and we really want more of it. Yeah, I, I don't know if you remember, it'd be uh, quite uh, interesting quite interesting to uh, mention to you. Say that again, sorry. Sorry, I lost my uh, headphones there for a second. Oh, there we go. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so quite interesting to mention to you. Uh, when they originally started pre-production on the show, there was actually some sets being put together in Lincolnshire. Right. Um, and I remember the photos being on social media and in some of the uh, newspapers. And mm. uh, they're saying this is likely to be for the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. Um, but for some reason, I think some of it was to do with COVID. Some of it was to do with complaints they had with, uh, with noise and filming up there. So it was quite close to a, a residential area. Um, they ended up moving most of the filming to Los Angeles, um, including the swimming pool at East Los Angeles College the city of El Segundo, um, but they did end up filming in a small village in the UK called Little Marlow in Buckinghamshire, um, where a huge town set was built. Um, they still got complaints about that, but they did it anyway. Uh, <laughs> and also where uh, they did some filming in Glen Tilt uh, in Scotland, um, close to where Ewan McGregor was uh, originally from. So uh, they did do a little bit of filming around these aisles, but not as much as they were going to do originally. Now, they were going to do some uh, a lot more. I, I knew some that was uh, potentially going to be involved in some of it, and I don't know if yeah. it happened. They never said so. I assume it didn't because of one of one of those things, I guess. I don't one know. One of those things, I'll, I'll yeah. follow up on that and find out. Yeah, I suppose we ought to turn now to um, probably one of the most uh, difficult um, features that uh, we have to deal with each time, the old uh, PPCC, Positive Positive Constructive Criticism. Yeah, um, we, we spoke briefly about this yeah, last night and we said this is going to be difficult to do because uh, we only had six episodes and it's easy to yeah. fall into the trap of saying the constructive criticism, we want more of it. Mm. We know we do. Um, but I think also with this, I think I mentioned to you as well, there's there are certain things which could have been done slightly different ways, done slightly better, um, gone into in more detail, um, you know, just to give a vague thing. I think there are some things you can actually pick in this and without criticising the whole show, there's little things which we probably would change a little bit just as fans. And we may find that when we talk about this in a second, Dave, that we have maybe different views about certain things. But I, well, yeah. one of the things I like about this series is you don't see Kenobi as this Jedi with all these powers and, you know, no. 
you know, he, the first time he's, he's called because they need him, he grabs his lightsaber and he's fighting everybody. And that's not it. He's really the opposite way. And I like yeah. the fact it's, no, I can't show myself. I have got to be, the, you know, undercover. And, and I've not used the force for such a long time. I don't even know how good I'm going to be. How useful am yeah. I actually going to be to you? And he's got doubt, you know. He doesn't really want to go out there. No, that's right. And I liked the fact that they did it that way. Not, yeah, okay, I better go get her. You know, zoom, zoom, zoom. Um, yeah, it was kind of a, it was kind of a very reluctant hero, wasn't he? In, in a way. And I um, liked the fact they built up his power throughout the series. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, there's there's that um, moment, isn't it? In I think it's in episode six where he's having the battle with Vader, and he says, uh, "Obi Wan, your strength has returned." Um, because yeah. he knows that kind of his connection to the force is only sort of just coming back towards the end of the series and getting back to where it was previously. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he, he kind of does start off as the weak old man that's been away from the Jedi way for a long time and away from the force for a long time. Absolutely. Yeah. But I, I like that as, as a, as a positive, I like the fact that he's, he's weak and they build him up. I think that's nice because you yeah. go along with him on that journey as he realizes he's got to access the force. I mean, the first time he uses the force properly is to yeah. stop when Leia falls off the young Leia falls off the, the roof and he has the to use roof, the force to stop yeah. her from hitting the floor. Uh, and you see the struggle uh, uh, very well acted, of course, but you see the struggle yeah. as he's like, got to access the force, got to access the force. Oh, got it. But it's a little painful because I've not done this for a long time. I'm really struggling to yeah, pull that through. To hold it. Yeah. Um, and then it just gets easier and better. Because um, I think score-wise, because we always talk about music and production as, yeah. in, in terms of this, I think as a positive for me, I loved, like you said quite rightly, John Williams came back just to do this. Um, yeah. You know, because he, he didn't want anyone else doing it, which... And in fact, he's used that line before. And let's yeah. face it, they bring something else out. It'll be like, uh, you know what? I'll I'm, go I'm going to call. I can't let anyone else do that. <laughs> I'll jump on that. That sounds good. Um, but it's interesting that you say that we might disagree on um, certain things. Your um, positive there is actually um, one of my criticisms. Mm. Because as much as it was great to have John Williams back, mm. it didn't feel as epic as I felt it should have been. No. It was kind of a nice kind of wandering score, but it, it didn't quite feel like Mandalorian or no. They, Star they Wars had of old. nods to the original themes. But yeah, you didn't get a big because it's not Star Wars; it's Kenobi, no. and that's 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 different. Um, and I think my positive was just it was nice to have John Williams back. I yeah. do oh, actually yeah, agree with you, however, obviously. that yeah. it wasn't such an epic but score. It's not the best theme ever. No, didn't need an epic score. I don't think this this isn't no. a film; it is a TV show, and it, it did the job. That's yeah. It's just not one of them that's memorable and one you'd put on a memory stick or put on your phone and play in the car. It's not kind of that type of thing that you'd go back to is it? I suppose that's what I mean it's not the kind of soundtrack that you'd own and play again and again and again yeah true uh, yeah okay I'll go along with that yeah yeah um my constructive criticism is apart from the cheat one which is there's not enough of it <laughs> um yeah. I like it Let's make more of it Let's make more of it not quite a few Alan Partridge uh, quotes in here this one um I forgot what I was saying now. Yeah, my constructive criticism for this is 
and I said that the pacing was quite good earlier, and I did say that, you know, I like the fact they build him up. Um, yeah. I think we it would have been nice, however, the one thing is just to get to the point where Obi-Wan needs to sort of get out there and start helping a bit quicker. Yeah. I don't mind having the cave and the job and all that kind of stuff, but you could have sorted all that out in about 10 minutes. Yeah. Say, this is what he's doing. And we could have had him out there a little bit quicker. So I don't know. Maybe yeah. maybe it's just me because I'm a big kid. You know this. So as much as it's nice and it is a contradiction, my PC, PPCC, I love the fact that it paced it and, it, you know, he was trying to blend. But the, the, at, the, at the same time, I'm thinking, ah, come on, just get in there and use the force. Just knock him out no, of the yeah, way. Because uh, if we had the power that he had at the end, at yeah. the beginning, he should have been back. <laughs> yeah. He'd have been back been home. Easy, wouldn't yes, he'd have been hunted, but she'd have been back home and he was hunted before. So I don't yeah, know. Maybe great. it's just me. Yeah, it was a little bit slow that that first day. I would have to agree with that. Um, what about you then, Dave? What you got from the PPC? Uh, well, as I say, very slight criticism. As I say about the theme not being very memorable, not not really quite landing as as perhaps it could have done. That's a very minor criticism. As you say, still great to have John Williams back and involved, and you know, involved with Star Wars is is, is always good, especially um, a big. Uh, positive for me, I think, is that all the casting was spot on. Um, they brought Ewan McGregor, Hayden Christensen back, and I think it would have been wrong if they'd have picked anybody else to play them roles. I think people would have boycotted the series. Um, so that was great. The child actors, as I say, were, were very good. Um, the returning actors, um, I don't think you can really fault it. I think all of the casting was really on point and everything was delivered really well. Um, so I think that that was massive. Um, slight criticism, I suppose I mentioned to you earlier. This, this perhaps would have been nice to have had things a bit more in depth. Where I mean, you did kind of get the flashback sequence where um, Obi Wan and Anakin were fighting, and he kind of Anakin was going a bit over the top and do anything, doing anything to win. Um, doing and slightly underhand things that a Jedi wouldn't do, would still lose him because you know, you know, Obi Wan can knows what's coming and can get around it, and he knows what he's like. Um, but you could kind of see that there's kind of that dark ambition there, and that thing that doesn't quite help him. There's that element of his personality that that was that was quite nice to kind of give you the the insight into the into the mind of Anakin Skywalker and. Um, that again exaggerated when he becomes Darth Vader, um, but yeah, I think there could have been a bit more though with that, with with kind of looking at how those characters had progressed in the ten years between Revenge of the Sith and the Kenobi series um, would have been quite interesting because there's kind of a whole period of time there where you don't really know what's happened. I mean, you know he's delivered these babies to the to the Organas and to um, Baru and Owen Lars. Um, and then he's kind of gone off to hide in the ste steps away from it all a bit. But yeah. I don't know, I just kind of feel there might have been a bit more sort of showing you what happened on the each side of those two characters in that time, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I, I think, to be honest, 
And I think wasn't there the whole thing as well about at some point during that time Obi Wan had had some um, battle with Darth Maul as well, or something. Darth Maul had come back and battled with Obi Wan, I think, in the canon. Um, I seem to remember somebody mentioning, and that wasn't shown or mentioned at all. Um, I'm not sure about that. The, the, and the that was one thing... of the things that Kate, uh, one of our friends, Kate Smart, said, who's a big Star Wars fan. There were certain things um, that didn't make sense later on in like New Hope, um, yeah. Empire, Return of the Jedi, um, and some things like I've just said that happened in, in the in-between time that wasn't referenced at all. Um, so that was a slight criticism, but obviously, like you say, it's a six-part series and they've got a story to tell and you are know, we, can't do um, everything. Are we a little disappointed that we didn't get a Yoda appearance or just voice or something? Um I suppose we could we could they could have kind of gone he, through. He's that constantly story been about talking him. to his master, which is obviously yeah. Qui-Gon, who then appears in the last episode, like you said, Liam yeah. Neeson didn't really want to do, you know, he wanted a film more than anything. So he did appear at that last bit. Uh, but you know, I, I th- for me, I think Yoda was the one that told him to take the children. Uh, yeah. you know, and as the one that's still alive, <laughs> maybe Yoda would be the person to go to for help and guidance, potentially. Yeah, you'd um, think so. Um, and, and kind of they've never really shown the, the story of how uh, Yoda ended up on Dagobah and kind of did the whole Obi-Wan thing of kind of how hiding out in Dagobah for years and things, didn't he? Mm. Um, maybe that's going to be the next series that Lucasfilm and Disney Plus are going to come up with. It's going to be the, uh, the Yoda story and they're going to tell you all the stuff that's not been told in the background. But yeah, they could have, they certainly could have included uh, Yoda, even if it was just like a voice coming through. They, they, they could have done that. So that's a bit of a shame. And on that terrible disappointment, it's time to end. Um, yeah, although- this, it's like we said, there's certain things we can kind of pick on and, and say that they could have included or they could have been done slightly better. But I think it was an overall show. Epic, very good, done a good job with it. Yeah, let's go on. Uh, high. <laughs> minor niggles, very minor yeah, niggles. Minor niggles. They were minor niggles, and I've really yeah. enjoyed watching it. I think uh, I um, six weren't enough. They could have done a ten part series, I think, and still done it justice. But who yeah. knows? I mean, there's certain we'll shows get... you watch, and they come up with something, you go, "Hang on a minute, no, that doesn't make sense," and it completely ruins the whole watching experience. And you didn't have any of that in Kenobi. There wasn't no. anything that glaring that it put you off the series no. or the episode. And I anything. think. When you look at all the stuff we've just said, oh, why didn't they include this? Why didn't they include that? Well, yeah. That was never referenced. They have six hours. That's yeah, it. Exactly. They have six hours to tell this entire story. And there's 10 years of stuff that's happened. Plus, we're yeah. building up to all the stuff that's coming next. And they've got to squeeze it into six hours that not only exactly. keeps you engaged, but keeps everybody happy. and, and Gets the pacing right, yeah. Yeah, and, and I think they did a good job with it. And, you know, it's like you say the other side of it. If they chucked all these things in, we would have been on here going the pacing was horrible. There was too much going off. They, they overdid it and stuff. So I suppose it's better that you actually sat here saying you've watched a good series and enjoyed it rather than yeah. they tried too hard to include everything, which which would be kind of worse. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think, um, yeah, it's good. We want more. That's basically it, isn't it, really? Um, yeah. That's all there is to it. Um, and yeah, I think... Um, that's it for us today but um we will be back now we normally say in two weeks time but 
life does get in the way sometimes. And uh, we have got a series of uh, people coming on to talk to us. Uh, this yes, we, we have. We did yeah. mention uh, last podcast, I think. So um, we're going to set those up so they can come and talk to us. Um, yeah, that's going to be a good one. So um, that's going to be great. We've got, like I say, we're going to talk about uh, Stargate at some point in this series, which is going to be lovely. Yeah, Dungeons um, and Dragons. I spoke to our guest that's coming on just today, actually, about uh, about that. Ah, uh, so, yes, uh, lovely, lovely. So we've got dungeons, yeah, as you said, uh, the tabletop uh, Dungeons and Dragons, which uh, we've got a, a, a dungeon master coming on to talk to us about uh, the popularity of the game and what makes it so great. Um, and we're going to be talking uh, to our good friend who we just mentioned earlier, Kate Smart. She's going to be coming on talking cosplaying with us. Cosplaying, uh, acting, and probably a little bit Star Wars as well. Yeah, we'll pick her brain about it. Um, well, she's here. Well, she's uh, talking to us, but uh, that's all to come yeah. this series, um, which is great. It is. Yeah, we've got plenty planned in and uh, some big changes for uh, series five as well down the line. So it's, uh, it's all going on. Yeah. Keep your scanners peeled on our social media as we, we are hoping, fingers crossed, to have another special episode coming out very, very soon. We certainly right, have. So fingers crossed that uh, that that happens. So uh, hopefully, within the next couple of weeks, Dave, if we uh, if we're very lucky. Yes. Um, however, it's uh, time to go. Thank you so much for listening. You can also uh, find out all the other stuff we're doing on geekyguys.co.uk and follow our social links as well. They're all on. There. And like we said at the top, if you were uh, spotters at LFCC in a couple of weeks at the uh, Olympia in Kensington, come over and say hello. Absolutely. Yes. Well, we will uh, catch up with you later. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye.